You're listening to Lost or Found with Dr. Michelle Choi. The contents of this podcast and website are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition and before undertaking any diet, dietary supplement, exercise, or other health program. Hello, folks. Thanks for tuning into the first episode of my podcast. Who am I and what am I doing here? I am a board-certified internal medicine doctor who spent the first eight years of my career working in the hospital, admitting patients requiring hospitalization in Silicon Valley. Then after having kids, I decided to consolidate my work life, work locally where we live in Santa Cruz, California, and switch to primary care medicine, which I have been doing for the past three years until now. Perhaps all roads led to this. My husband asked me at one point if I was having a midlife crisis, amidst our discussions regarding what could be possible in one's life. Yes, I am totally having a midlife crisis. I have come to the point in my life where I had to decide, do I continue on the road that is stable yet unsatisfying and frankly frustrating, or do I take another road where it could possibly mean going towards something more hopeful and meaningful, and perhaps something that may reflect my true self, but also with the chance of total failure? The truth is, it really is our choice, and the problem is, both choices are scary. So, I quit my job. I'm not sure if I've ever quit anything in my life before, but I can't help but wonder, with everything that I've seen as a doctor and experienced, if we are happier, can we be healthier? I decided to give up on being a traditional doctor and find a better way, perhaps, to inspire people to live better, have hope, be honest with themselves, and perhaps live a life that is more reflective of who they are and who they want to be by having honest conversations as I too am on this path. I gave up my stable income. I am using my savings to currently support a dream of talking and inspiring hope. Because really, why not you? Why not me? And believe me, God, I pray this works out. I've decided to give up on what society considers successful, a doctor who helps patients with their health. Because after more than 10 years in medicine, I truly wonder if our healthcare system is actually really helping people. I don't deny that medicine has made amazing progress. If one has a heart attack or a stroke, many can successfully now survive. There's medications to reverse a stroke. If you accidentally cut off a finger, it's likely that it can be put back together. Heck, you can cure some sexually transmitted diseases with a pill. But I truly wonder how effective our healthcare system is on prevention, true healing to prevent your ending up in the hospital. There's really no time the way modern medicine is structured to have an honest conversation. At my former job, they were a little bit more generous in other primary care settings, where their appointment times were 20 minutes. But there was constant pressure to reduce the amount of time to 15 minutes to fit in more patients. 
But of that generous 20 minutes given to a doctor for one patient, and not taking into account the fact that patients are often late, if you truly have a good medical assistant, the patient will be roomed in 10 minutes, so then at most you have 10 minutes left to talk with a patient, but you still need to save 3 to 5 minutes to write your note, place orders and referrals and such. So in the end, as a physician, you have seven to nine minutes to talk with a patient and examine him or her. If you are a really highly efficient doctor and the patient is not having any major health issues, which is not often the case. Have you guys ever tried to talk to anyone in seven minutes and be it someone that you don't even know? What meaningful conversation can you actually have in that short period of time? What does one do if a patient clearly looks anxious and depressed or crying? And what if they can't breathe? Seven minutes ain't gonna cut it. I truly wonder if our healthcare system is one that's meant to fail. I knew that I was in trouble as a primary care doctor when I would evaluate a patient with hemorrhoids, which is considered a relatively simple problem compared to all the other plethora of medical issues that doctors deal with. And I find myself afraid to ask, in that time allotted for each appointment, why this person is bleeding, what is going on in their lives. I have great hope for everyone's life and humanity, but knowing the time pressures of this job, sometimes I didn't ask. What I just described is a dilemma of modern medicine, of primary care, trying to do your job, but not being able to really do your job. I believe most doctors in our current healthcare system don't like being a doctor. You as a patient may have already noticed it. The doctor who may not be listening, the one that is really abrupt and could really work on their bedside manner, the one that is rushing, the one that seems to lack the empathy gene, that doctor that you still don't know. But when people are called to this profession, the truth is it's because we care. Most of us really do want to help people. Most don't enter it for the money, as most of us don't understand what money is at that point in our lives. According to the Medscape National Physician Burnout and Depression Report in 2018, among physician respondents, 42% reported burnout and 15% of all physicians admitted to experiencing clinical or severe or colloquial feeling down forms of depression. I knew I was in trouble when I was asked by my organization at the time to attend a half-day physician wellness conference. In my head, I was wondering how they knew. At the session, they talked literally about wellness, which I believe is something truly important. But the irony of the session was that the physicians were being recommended to work on their own wellness so that they perform better for the organization, when it's the current healthcare system putting us into this situation. They advise us to embrace our joy in our practice, that joy is a choice, that the greatest joy is to bring to others in the form of compassion and active empathy, to look for bright spots who are moving forward in the face of adversity and uncertainty, to find meaning in our practice. They reminded us to be grateful, to keep our bodies moving, to invest in our relationships, to forgive ourselves and others for being less than perfect. They recommended don't be woe is me, be wow is me. They also advised us to compare ourselves to the masses less fortunate, not the few who have more, 
And this, by the way, was on a slide with a picture of a couple of children, likely from the Depression era, who looked hungry and dirty. I remembered at the time looking around to see if anyone else was laughing. No one else was laughing, but I was laughing. And then I had one of my moments of truth, a painful truth, that this profession I've worked most of my life for and towards was killing me. Instead of dancing in my 20s, potentially a very beautiful and frisky time in one's youth, I had my head down in books becoming more socially awkward, trying to learn medicine by working 30-hour shifts and sleeping in call rooms with cockroaches as my other friends were hopefully maturing and learning about life. With all due respect, I felt that my job required for my body to be hung up like halal meat, blood-drained and meat-ripened for that perfect piece of steak. But steak is dead. I was drained, exhausted, and I really wasn't sure whom I was helping and was I actually helping anyone? And what was I doing to myself? Was it for the patients or was it for the organization? During that physician wellness conference, they asked us to go around the discussion table and to say a mantra that we would say to ourselves when going gets tough. One doctor had stated, just keep on going, your bed is around the corner. By the way, seriously, this statement sounded super sad to me. And then it was my turn, and I knew I clearly had a problem when I stated my mantra. Fuck this shit, never give up. There was a really interesting piece in the New York Times in March 2019 entitled Frustrated at Work? That may just lead to your next breakthrough by Adam Grant. And it states, We normally avoid frustrated people. We don't want to get dragged down into a cesspool of complaints and cynicism. We see dissatisfied people as curmudgeons who halt progress, or worse yet, dementors who suck the joy out of the room. And we have good reason to feel that way. A natural response to frustration is the fight-or-flight response. Disgruntled people often go into office space mode, choosing to fight by sabotaging the workplace, or flight by doing the bare minimum not to get fired. And, but there's a third reaction to frustration that we've overlooked. When we're dissatisfied, instead of fight or flight, sometimes we invent. I decided that with my frustration, I was going to be in the third category. Am I scared? Hells yes! But I know what has not been working. And perhaps by acknowledging the bad and letting go of the bad, I am praying and hoping that I can make room for the good and perhaps really do some good. And after a lot of thinking, I've decided that I need to invent my future because that other shit was not working and it's only with this third option that I can live with myself. I am not a sabotager, nor am I the bare minimum kind of person, so it just has to be this third option. And before I get heavy into this podcast, I should probably be honest again right now. I am an immigrant who likes to curse. Most of the times, I am going to try to be appropriate, but sometimes it will just come out due to pure emotion. For half or most of my life, I was a quiet Asian girl who suppressed her words while her head was swimming with thoughts. I truly wonder if I had no friends growing up because I was socially awkward or if it was because I didn't say too much. And as I've become more comfortable with myself over the years, my inside head thoughts have become my outside thoughts. And sometimes, although it may not be the most eloquent, a curse word really just gets to the point. 
It can be the perfect summary of the situation. Perhaps primary care taught me this. Since you have no time to talk to the patient, the words need to be well thought out and you just really need to get to the point. For my patients with addictive issues, for those I knew that could take it, and with whom I felt fairly confident that they would not be reporting me to human resources, sometimes I would wholeheartedly say, cut the shit. For those patients with whom I empathize in their difficult situation, perhaps I would empathetically blurt out, fuck this shit. And for situations that I just didn't understand, and oftentimes this was more for myself, what the fuck? This one oftentimes in my own head was meant to empathize with me. But I use profanity in the most loving way possible. I really mean this. I honestly curse with a lot of love. And sometimes it just really gets to the point. But just so that you know, I never mean to give offense. That's just not me. I realize so far I may sound really angry. I just wanted to express some of my frustrations to explain why I chose to leave a career that I worked my whole life for. And perhaps I am really angry at the end of it. But this angry bastard is not going to stay angry. I'm going to do something about it. The intention of this podcast is actually for a message of hope. Perhaps this is a way in which I can understand it. I wonder if we are alive so that we can become whole. And we have to work towards this, and we can work towards this. Perhaps by acknowledging how we are feeling and learning about what we can do to help ourselves, we can steer our ships towards the direction in which we want to go. Perhaps we all have the power to resolve our past and control our futures. So on to our first guest. Today I'll be speaking to Josie Teresi, who's an intuitive spiritual counselor, Reiki practitioner and healer, inspirational writer, ordained minister, and my dear friend about the impact of love. I'm so honored to have you as a guest today, Josie. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's wonderful to be here. I'm very honored to be here, and I'm really excited about your first podcast. Excuse me. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Um, I think it will have a positive impact, especially what we're all going through right now. Josie, so we'll be talking about the impact of love today. What does love mean to you? What love means to me is absolutely everything. I believe that love is in everything. And I believe that when we feel the pureness of love flowing through us, uh, it is a call for us to remember where we came from. Because we were all born in love, pure love. We were created in pure love. Once we were born, of course, and our parents who really didn't, you know, really didn't realize what they were doing, some of us, um, we were born with this enchanted, unconditional, pure love flowing through us. And as we age, as we get older, we get out of the toddler, toddler stage. Some of us are trained to look at life not really in the, in the infiniteness of love, but the finite things, the things that really don't matter, the things that we're fearful of, but that really is an illusion. 
because there's only two emotions. Love is our main emotion. That's the one we were born into. Then there's fear. And fear is an illusion that is man-made. Josie, if we were born in a perfect state, why do we become, you know, imperfect? I guess in terms of, you know, if we were born in that beautiful state where we know what the meaning is, the absolute answer, you know, why do we experience what we experience and forget what love is? Everything happens for a reason. When our spirits are dropped down into our bodies, we become human. And we're here as human beings walking this earth to learn. This is school for us. And everything we experience has an opportunity to have a lesson or lessons, I should say. So when so-called bad things happen to us, there's an opportunity for us to not to dwell so much on the negative aspects of what happened, but to focus on what you learn from the experience. Because once you learn that from that experience, you don't have to repeat it again. And so we are, we are born in pure love. Nothing happens by accident. We have parents that we chose. We chose our parents. So our parents could... You mean spiritually? We chose them? Yes, spiritually we chose our parents. when Before we were born. We, before we were born. That's correct, Michelle. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, yes. And um, we chose our beautiful parents. And some of us have issues with our parents. And the reason why is because it's an opportunity for us to learn the lessons, be it negative or positive. In the universal world, there's no such thing as bad. It's all a blessing. We go through a learning experience and it's either for our blossoming or it's for our pruning, but it's all a blessing. And it's like not meant to kill you, but perhaps learn from to become the stronger person or realize what the truth is. Yes. Yes. Um, I think what I noticed, Josie, in my experience in primary care is that a common theme among people is self-loathing. Mm. And, it pre- and it presents itself in many different ways. It could be depression. It could be anxiety. It could be illness or disease or like compulsion or obsessiveness. Mm-hmm. But there is so yeah. much self-loathing in this world. How do we help people to remember what the truth is? Before we can fully love another person or a group of people or even a a project that we're on or a hobby or enjoying life and having the enjoyment of having a blissful, fearless life, it all starts with us within. It all it all starts with us. We have to love ourselves first. We don't have to do anything, but it's good to love ourselves first. Nurturing the inner child is crucial, and especially at this time. Because, you know, our, our little inner child, which we, we're still little children inside, right? We didn't 
you know, your children, Michelle, they're, they're, they're going to grow up, but they're always going to remember the nurturing that they got from you and their father. So, um, yeah, I think I absolutely agree with you. And I think in our culture today, I don't think we give ourselves enough credence, but even the idea of childhood, I don't think we give children enough credence that, you know, they may already know the answer, that they have the answer, that they've not forgotten the answer. Maybe the truth is over time we've forgotten. I think sometimes like one of the worst signs of a person sometimes is when they're sarcastic or when they're cynical, Mm -hmm. you know. I think that's a sign that maybe things are not right. That's very if true. If you forget the joy of what it was to not have those feelings, to yeah. look at the world in like a pure, unabashed way. Those feelings were real then, and maybe those feelings are the answer. And what I see a lot in public or even in like social media is that I feel like people pretend to be a certain way but they're not. They all look so good on the outside, but the, the, on the inside, it's a totally different thing where they're crying. Yes. And that self-loathing is such an epidemic. I really believe so. And it manifests in different ways for people. But yeah. the idea that you're nice to someone else, but you don't yourself show yourself that mercy. You're, you're so, so right on about that. Um, the self-loathing is from fear is caused by fear. Everything that doesn't fall into the love category is fear. We're going out of and fear is learned, right? Yes, it's learned. And it's simply a place that isn't, it's kind of, um, it's not opaque. It, it's not solid. It's an illusion. Everything that falls under love it are things like forgiveness, self-respect. If you respect yourself, if you love yourself, you're going to put that energy out and it's going to come back to you. That self-respect. You're going to put it out and you're going to respect other people and their opinions, not be judgmental. Being judgmental, being critical, being greedy, being selfish, the wars that go on, it all has to do with fear. The narcissistic personality has to do with fear. Um, you can actually see it on a person's face when they don't have love in their heart. They're scared to death. They're just fearful. It's what it is. So we're going out of a phase of competition, which is more geared what the metaphysical, in the metaphysical world, is called the first ray which is very, very strong, very, very competitive conflict war. Now, it's more on the male side, but I'm not, I'm not cutting down male because we're going into a collaboration. Competition is dead. Collaboration is what we need to go forward. And... What's happening today is causing us to come together more as a people, to realize that we are one entity. We're one with the universe. All of us is connected. If one of us is ravaged by war, another person across the world is affected by that. We're finally realizing that. 
And isn't now the biggest lesson? I mean, with the pandemic, yes, all of us, everyone in the whole world has been stopped in their tracks. We all have to live differently. And yes. it's not actually for us, but really as like for the whole, for the protection of the whole. Very, very true. It's, it's absolutely t- true. Um, and I totally agree with you, Josie, in terms of, you know, if you're unhappy, you know, and you don't know where to start, then perhaps start with yourself. Oh. And you show ha- yourself that mercy. You have to start with yourself. If you don't start with yourself, it's not going to work. We are asked by the universe to love our bodies, to love our minds, and to love where we came from, and to not forget that. When babies, when babies are born and they're not held, and they, they can get sick. They can even die. When adults grow up, we're not babies anymore, right? But when is that? When is it a good time not to strive for love? It's never a good time not to strive for love. No matter how old we get, how mature we get, how adult we get, uh, we, we need love to thrive, just like flowers need rain to grow. When we fill ourselves with anxiety and fear and depression, That space right there is where love can be replaced with love. And it has to start with ourselves. It's got to start with ourselves. So we need love to thrive. It's love is strength. It's not weakness. A lot of people come to me and they say, oh, you know, I'm afraid to love because, you know, it makes me weak. It's the opposite When we strive to love ourselves, when we strive to love other people, we are, we're brave, we're courageous. Um, It's weak not to love, it's strength. I absolutely agree with you, Josie, there. And I guess just to kind of um, clarify, so with love, how can we show that more in our lives? Like what can people do? And you talk about self-love, But what are things, daily things in our lives that kind of represent that? Well, we teach people how to, how to treat us. Um, People have come to me and say, you know, I'm being abused. I'm this and this and I'm this and this. Okay. I don't cast blame, but you have to look at yourself. How much did you love yourself when you got into this relationship with this person who doesn't love you? When we come together as couples or as groups, we mirror ourselves. We mirror ourselves. So um, the way to evolve mostly is to interact with another person, and that becomes your mirror. And so we need each other to bring out our beautiful qualities. And if we choose not to, we're cheating ourselves and and other people who are dealing with us. I, I just want to say this. We are created by love, not fear. Kids come in crying, and you often wonder why. I've all, often wondered why kids come in crying. It's their first experience of fear when they come in. 
It's their first experience. They didn't know it before. We forget. We forget on purpose. But while we're living on this earth, it's, it's come to pass that it's really important for us to remember where we came from. This isn't really home. This is school. And when we do ultimately cross over, we're home. That perhaps now is what's painful in heaven is, or wherever you could call afterlife, if there is afterlife, that's... Well, know, I believe in afterlife. Yeah. yeah. I, I personally believe in afterlife. I also personally feel like, as far as religion and spirituality, whatever floats your boat, whatever helps you, it all comes from the ultimateness of the higher power. I agree. And, I that think, li- and that lives within inside of you. And I think there's periods in all of our lives where we, fall, we feel lost. We just don't say it, but I think we all feel it. And sometimes I think we need to have faith in whatever higher power we choose so that we've, we see a light, that we see a guiding light that we don't get lost. And, you know, whether or not it's an illusion or not, if it makes you feel better, why is it wrong? And it's not if it's not going to hurt anyone. Well, I think that we're so as human beings, Michelle, we're we're so we're so trained and conditioned to look on the outside of ourselves for for anything. Exactly. If you don't see it, it's not there, but then there's a concept of trusting yes believing yes hoping knowing loving and yeah. you can't ever put a number on those things no those none those things are faith you know you just have to believe and if you want it into your life then sometimes it begins with the belief of something better uh yes and the belief that we're always going towards our higher good if we have pure intention. It's just like today when we're talking to to each other about this beautiful thing that's everywhere in our lives, everywhere we look. When we look at a lamp and we say that's beautiful, it's love. It was brought to us to give us beauty, it's love. It was created by human beings, it's love. And just like kind of like basically, doesn't love feel so much better than fear or like the negativity? It's much, it's actually not easier, but yeah, but the, the benefits, the long-term benefits of loving, Mm -hmm. if you can get there is so much better than the long-term benefits of hating. Oh, yes. Because when you put out anything... Like, say, for instance, if if somebody puts out hate, what can they possibly get back from that? They can get hate back. That's And they're going to get it. That's the energy they, it, that they create, and that's what they get back. It's a boomerang. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Um, universe universe 101 is, is what we put out is what we, what we get back. It's a definite... Boomerang. I never realized that until I really started getting into the metaphysical work and writing. Everything you put out, you get you get that back. So if you put out love for yourself, and if you don't love yourself, 
You can't put that love out. It's got to start. It's got to start with you. Um, and we focus on what we receive, acknowledging and sharing all the beautiful parts of ourselves is reality. We're, we're made and born to interact with each other, to help each other, and to love each other. That's a big part of it, and of course, learning our lessons. Forgiveness has a lot to do with this. Forgiveness brings us freedom, and it also ultimately gives us acceptance. So not only do we need to, quote unquote, love each love ourselves, but what are the components of that? And the big component of loving other people and loving ourselves is to forgive ourselves first. Maybe that's the ultimate expression of love, to forgive yourself. Well, that's one of them. The next one is discipline. Discipline is the highest form of love. So when we have some disciplines in our lives, we're telling the universe, you know, I really love myself. I want to nurture myself. I want, to, I want my body to feel better. I want my mind to be clearer. I want my spirit to soar. So those are all things that are pure intention. When human beings have the pure intention of loving themselves and putting out that love, the power that comes from that action, that behavior, is manifested so greatly. This makes us have miracles in our lives. Miracles are concepts their perceptions and it's the it's we can have miracles in our lives when we change our minds about ourselves or perhaps if we open the door to it seeing the flower on your bed kind of moment like seeing yeah. the positive can i ask you a question what do you mean by uh disciplines is it kind of like a path or way in life or what do you mean by disciplines okay when a person um, starts like a practice, say say a person is wanting to get into yoga, they don't really know why. I, you know, they're they're not feeling really good. Um, maybe they're anxious on the inside, and they start a practice of yoga. That's telling the universe and themselves, "I love you, man. You know, I love you." I love my body, I love my spirit, I love my mind, because it all works together. Meditation is another practice where you can nurture your inner child and get in touch with who you really are. And standing your truth is a discipline too. Standing in your truth and expressing your feelings and honoring them, that's part of loving yourself as part of nurturing yourself, and it's also part of the discipline. So you see New Age philosophers. My book is basically based on uh, the return of love. It's called uh, You Were Born a Star, Now What? And my book is based on, not loosely, but based pretty strongly on the philosophy, the unity philosophy, 
and A Course in Miracles. That's basically what we put out is what we, what we get back. Discipline is the highest form of love. Is it kind of like the concept of keeping at it? Yes. It, and, and, and It's never always just a you know, one moment in time at kind of thing. I think it's something that you have to, whatever way you choose, you keep at it. Like as silly yes. as my affirmations were, my daily affirmations. Yes. You keep at it. Yes. And then maybe one day your mind, your heart, your soul will change on how you accept the information. Yeah. I think. And and the only thing I would change about that is is take out the maybe. Because I know for sure, you know, um, that it does it structures your life in a beautiful way when you when you say, what am I going to do for myself today to make me a better person, to help me to create and manifest that love inside of me and give it and give it out? Um, caring for other people and not just ourselves. So uh, kindness matters. Kindness majorly matters. Yes. I think a and lot being of people... kind to ourselves first is is yes. I think a lot of people have forgotten that message that kindness matters. It, that we're all connected. Oh, that all perhaps connected. even though our daily lives may be alone or not, it's really never alone. But maybe our lives can impact someone else. Or oh yeah. Hopefully in a good way. If you think about it, if you think about what comes out of your mouth, you think about how you feel about people that you love, every day you can really positively impact one person. If you impact one person every day, you're doing a wonderful job in manifesting that. Now, is there negativity in the world? Oh, yeah. Sure there is. But we are what we focus on. We focus on the good people. We don't focus on the the sins or the or the or the people who are not are so fearful. That's what they are. They're fearful. We don't focus on that. We manifest what we focus on. So what would you say, Josie? Where do you think we are with, I guess, the concept of love in our country? There's so much hatred right now, but I don't think this hatred's new. I think this hatred's been going on for a long time, but it's it's being shown to us. And I think that's great in this in the sense that perhaps if we see it, you know, we know how bad it is that oh, we yeah. can do something about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Everything that's happening now, Michelle, is happening for a very, very good reason. And I would have to say even the people who have sacrificed and lost their lives because of the pandemic or because of the rioting or the the conflict that's going on, the negativity, the darkness, the fear is rearing its head now because in reality, it's already dead. Now... Um, I pray every day that that more and more people see this ultimate reason why we're going through this. You know, there's no need to force and control our bodies to breathe, right? There's no need to do that. Our bodies 
our bodies just instinctually, our hearts beat. And just as seeds become flowers, when the clouds open up and, and the flowers grow, these are functions that we have inside of us. Nature has given us these functions. These innate abilities. Yes. So we are part of that system and we can, we can allow the same power that grows flowers to work its miracles in our lives. As long as we don't try to control everything. Now, when we try to control something, that's fear seeping through. We're scared. We don't have the faith that love will abound within us. And we're scared. We get anxious. We become depressed. We can't sleep. These things are all going against love and going towards fear. You can't be fearful and be loving at the same time. It's just, it's impossible. So, and maybe the other truth is that ultimately we may not know what the an right answer is for us. You know, we think no, that may be the right answer. But guidance, if you ask for guidance, then you're going to get the right answer. And you have to trust that. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything. But you can. You're capable of trusting that because that's where we came from. That's where our home is. Love is our home. And it's called, when we have that kind of faith, even though we can't see it, we can't touch it, they call it visionary faith because it's visionary within us, within our minds. What we manifest up here is what we manifest in our lives. And faith is, it, it, it's a mindful awareness of the unfolding good. It, it's something we're born with. It's an integral part of our consciousness. And it gives us an opportunity to flow love through all things, every aspect of our lives. And basically, when we ask for miracles, and you know, people talk about miracles, oh, that was a miracle. We go through miracles every single day of our lives. Miracles are the goodness that we have in our lives. Miracles are the peace that we have. When we're not in fear, we have the capability of loving, and that love manifests peace. When someone asks for something, oh, you know, I'm not really happy. What do I really want? Well, what you really want, you can name it, you can name it all kinds of things, but it's peace. It's peace. That's what we want in our lives. And that's what we're going towards in I this in you. this evolution. We're going towards a greater opportunity to change our mind about things, which will bring peace. And isn't the truth, maybe we have the answers within us. Maybe we were born with the truth, the truth of love. It's kind of like this. Our culture is so hung up on the outside stuff, a bag, a really fancy bag or a great car or whatever. But the truth is, if you ever bought one of those bags, and I never bought one of those bags, I bought a fake but it's still like, you know, but it still gave me the impression of the bag. But the truth is, 
it never makes you feel that happy. Like after you have one, you may need another and then another and then another. There's never a form of completion. But the true answer is within. If you're really, really happy, if you feel fulfilled, maybe you don't need the outer stuff so much. Maybe you don't give a shit about what that other person wears. Yes. I think it has to do with scarcity, Michelle, when we focus on what we don't have and what we wish we had, that's kind of a fear. It falls under scarcity, which is fear. In reality, all of us are rich. If we can think of ourselves as inner beings, not just looking at what kind of house I have, what kind of car that person has, how much does that person make a year? That's what, Those are all outside things. But when we focus on inside, we know that we have an expansive opportunity to love ourselves and our love other people without the scarcity. We, we are rich. We're rich inside of ourselves. We there don't, is no scarcity within. No. Right? It's unlimited. No. And we are abundant and prosperous and... It even helps to say that a a few times a day. I'm abundant. I'm prosperous. And I think it really helps because if you're coming from that place of abundance without scarcity, where you have enough within, like, I don't think like the universe or God is telling you, oh, just accept this answer. That's the answer. But if you come from love, then do what you love. Act from love. I don't think, you know, Marianne Williamson says this in her book, Return to Love. Yes. You know, there is this musician who plays so beautifully. That's one of his gifts. It's one of his gifts that he was born with. But it's not like God's telling him to become an accountant because there's someone else who's better at numbers. If you love something, maybe your work shouldn't be separate from what you love, but maybe your work should come from that love. I've always said for years and years when clients have come to me and say, you know, I'm really at the crossroads. I don't know what to do. I'm tired of what I'm doing. I feel like I'm not contributing. The first thing I ask them, what do you love? I want you to make a list for me of all the things you love. You love flowers? It can be anything. What, What turns you on? What lights that fire within you? What is that passion inside of you? If we're, if we're dealing with scarcity every single moment of our lives, we're stifled and we can't see it blinds us from the capabilities and the love that we have inside of us. Do what you love to do. Exactly. You remember, Josie, a long time ago, you told me this story of a sanitation, a sanitation worker who comes by your house. And every day when he's collecting your garbage, he has this gigantic smile on his face. Mm-hmm. It's not what we do, Michelle, in our lives. It's who we are. And how we do it, perhaps. That's you know? exactly. And if we have pure intention, if that garbage man has pure intention of, of emptying my garbage, he's going to be joyful. He doesn't feel like his career completely consumes and defines who he is. Love within us defines who we are. Um, Exactly. And I really think, you know, and I know you had mentioned that spiritually, the thought is that you pick your family and you pick your family for a reason. You know, you're supposed uh, to learn certain lessons, you know, that come from that 
sometimes really horrible experience. Yes. But if we choose like our shitty parents sometimes, you know, not like not all parents are shitty, but I'm saying <laughs> if your parents happen to be kind of shitty and they hurt you, sometimes what I see, you know, in medicine is that people carry that hurt forever. They don't give it an end. And sometimes that continuation, that self-victimization you continue the abuse that way mm-hmm. instead of letting it out, instead of finding good closure so that you can actually live. And sometimes I think if we don't go back and heal what was hurt, because that hurt is legitimate, I think we continue that. Yes. Um, what happens, especially when we're uh, children, uh, we have experiences, and it's not just children, but we'll start from there. What happens is negative experiences, uh, fights, conflicts, uh, seeing things that that children really shouldn't see in domestic problems or or whatever. What it does is it that problem or that challenge they have or that bad memory gets stuck in the nervous system. And meditation, hypnotherapy, uh, hypnosis is very, very good for clearing out and healing, energy healing, where we're working with the the auras and the different levels of our bodies uh, because we work with mind, body, spirit. What it does is the nervous system can clear out those bad feelings. And, and maybe you won't forget them, but they're not going to affect you going forward. Um, and this is a long. We have to be in the. We have to be in the now because if we projectile ourselves too much into the. I say projectile because it's like throwing up. I, I'm throwing up about what's going to happen two weeks from now. It's not here. It's not real. We're we're in the moment, and if we stay in the moment, we can stay a little bit more grounded. And grounding is really a good thing for our bodies to stay grounded. And meditation, I'm a huge proponent in meditation. This is something that you brought up, but Bernie, Dr. Bernie Siegel, Dr. Lisa Rankin, you know, yes. they bring up the idea that our bodies have the capacity to innately heal itself. It's kind of like when you get a wound on your arm, mm-hmm. whether or not you put a Band-Aid on it or Vaseline or not, that wound will heal up. Yes. But if the environment is not right, if the environment, meaning your body is stressed mm-hmm. or you have, you know, you know, it's just like not the best environment, your body may have a harder time, you know, doing what it innately knows to heal itself. Yes. And I think some of that, that energy, you know, I wonder if that's love that we have that the love inside of us is what, is what can heal our bodies. Oh. But if you're filled with anger, depression, or anxiety. Fear. You know, All of you, that falls under fear. Exactly. And it's like if you, if you swallow it, it festers. And what your body already knows, what it can heal itself, is not. Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely, definitely agree with that. We are powerful human beings. Because we were born unto love, and love is powerful. Fear is weak. And so we can heal our own bodies. We're, we're capable of that. We can heal each other. During when, the process too, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. We're all in the process of healing ourselves. 
and I can get into more of the of the energy aspects. I want to talk more about the subject of love because we've just tapped into it today. But energy work, getting in touch with the energy within that is light. That's what it is. It's light. We would be not here if it wasn't for universal life force energy. And I know you brought up meditation. And that's love, <laughs> by the way. And I know you brought up meditation, but this is what I heard what meditation is. And this is an easy way for to remember. It's a fact. Like some people say that prayer is asking to whomever you believe in. And meditation is the process of receiving. Yes, it, it is the process of receiving. It gives us an opportunity for more light to come through our bodies. Now we react to light because we have light living within us and they're in the form of chakras. Now these chakras are attached to our body. Now fundamentally and generally speaking, uh, in, within the last, I say 10, 15 years, we've discovered more than seven of them. We have more chakras in our body. But if you, if you ever have acupuncture. They have a thousand points of light that they have to learn. <laughs> I dreamt one time of becoming an acupuncturist and I thought, am I going to learn? Am I going to remember all those points of light? There's a thousand points of light. They're all attached to say the fundamental seven chakras. Now the chakras are attached to a bar of light and this bar of light starts and our crown chakra goes all like the, the way Like the top down. of your head? Yes, the crown chakra, which is the top of the head, sorry. And uh, yes, and goes all the way through the feet. And then we can visualize being grounded uh, in, in rooting our, our feet in the earth and keeping us grounded. It's really important to stay grounded when you do energy work and when, and when you meditate. Because you're actually going out kind of into the universe, you know? Mm -hmm. you're, you're sort of leaving your body, but you want to stay in your body. It's important to stay in your body and not abandon it. Because if we abandon our bodies, we're going to get sick, mm -hmm. period. If we're kind of living elsewhere when we're here kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I, when I was a younger... It's kind of like not recognize your part, recognizing your partner in your life. Whether or not we like ourselves or not, spiritually, like our bodies will always We're, carry us. We are, That's we our major are a process. We are a process and we're, we're a work in process. From the time we're born to the time we, pat, we cross over and go home, our journey home, we are in the process of evolving ourselves and learning. And that's why we're here. So everything that happens to us happens to us for a reason. Everybody that we come in contact with us, with us on in this life plane, we that we were meant to become in contact with them. Whether they say something terrible to us or they say something wonderful to us. Whether they don't like us or they love us. It's all for our either pruning or our blossoming. Um, it's kind of like... Horrible junior high school continuation, yeah. <laughs> but maybe well, as we get older, yeah. we have more control. And you know, <laughs> we have a mission in, in our lives. We do have a, every single one of us has a mission. 
I think the more we love ourselves, the more we can uh, get in touch with our, our ultimate purpose. A lot of people go, why am I here? I want to find out why I'm here. You need to go inside and the answer's there. The answer's right in front of us. If we listen to our voice within, whether you're a person who's a visionary, whether you, when you close your eyes, you see things, we can feel things, sense things, we can hear things, we can even smell things. Most people are visionaries. They, they close their eyes and they can see. So it's, it's kind of interesting and exciting to find out what kind of person you are. But whatever you are, the voice within you is gentle. It's loving. It's 100% love. So it's peaceful, but it's vibrant. It's vibrant and it's got a beat to it. And all you, we have to do as human beings is to listen to ourselves. So maybe that's all we have to do. So maybe Josie, do you think that it's never too late for anyone? Oh, like we were born with the answer and maybe whatever point you are in your life, if you're unhappy, go back to the answer that lies within. Yes. That's your right. That's your choice. Yes. But I think it starts with showing yourself mercy and love. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's all there right there in front of us. But isn't the truth, if you need help, then ask for help. Yes, reach out. I think sometimes that, we don't do that enough. That's courageous. And and what what is courage? Courage is love. Yeah, you can ask the person in front of you or your family members for help, but if you're asking for help from the universe and you need it, why not? Number 1, it's free. Number 2, who is going to know that you asked for help? You know, if you're saying it to the air, to the world, to love, to, you know, whoever you believe in, who is going to know? That's your business and no one else's. But whether or not that comes true or not, maybe at that moment in time, it'll make you feel a little bit better. Oh, absolutely. And it's the, it's really the only way. It's really the, that's where the answer lies. It doesn't lie in in outside it lies within you and holy spirit lives within us we are part of a huge massive infinite whole and it's made up of pure love when i have a wish or i have a prayer or i have a goal i always say to myself what is the where's the best place I can put this. Where can I ask for a blessing for this? Do I ask my girlfriend? Do I ask my partner? Well, those are all nice to talk to you about. But if we go within and we ask for guidance, it's there. We're going to receive it. It's our gift. It's the gift that the universe has given us. We're not here hanging by our fingernails alone. We have guides and angels, and we have Holy Spirit to guide us. I really believe in all faiths, and I know you do too, Josie. Yes. You know? And I just want to make Whatever that clear. floats your boat. Yeah, exactly. You know, But the idea to have faith, to believe in something more, to hope for more. But I guess my question is, Josie, where do people want to come from? Isn't that the question that we all have to answer? You can come from feeling horrible, from hate, 
Or if you come from, if you act from love, what will give you the better opportunity? And I really think the answer is love. And I feel really excited personally, and I feel excited for other people that I know that want to do this kind of work like yourself, Michelle, is this is our opportunity here to really help people. Uh, We've kind of opened the door to major change that's going to elevate all of us. It's going to be better for our children. It's going to be better for our environment. Uh, I think we're going towards loving each other to the purest form. I hope so, because I think isn't that what's needed the most right now? To yes. To recognize our light and be our own light. Yes. And yeah. be kind of like a Care Bear almost. Why not shine it out for the world where there's darkness? Spread the light. Yes. And I think a lot of people may not believe in some of the things that we're bringing up. But if if thoughts like this can help you to maybe think about being a better person or maybe even a happier person or remembering what's within... Yes. Why not give that thought a chance? It doesn't yes. cost you anything, you know? It's, no. And it's, and it's just a different way about thinking about things. If you're unhappy, if you're happy with wearing the mask in your life, then there are no questions that need to be asked because you've chosen that. But if you're slightly unhappy at any aspect of your life, then maybe we need to remember our answers, live with our answers that remain in us without the cloak of fear covering us up covering up our light. Yes. Sometimes we grow up, a lot of us grow up, and, and I know a lot of people have come to me frustrated about this, is that they grow up fearing everything. Just really fearing everything. I'm not going to succeed. I'm going to, I'm not going to be as good as that other person. I, it's really, it's really quite sad, but the power of love creates us to be fearless Fearless warriors. That's what the universe wants us to be. Fearless. Because as far as the universe is concerned, we have absolutely nothing to fear. That maybe fear is perhaps an illusion or what we made up in It's our an heads. illusion. It's an yes, we're going we're going back to what we originally were talking about. Absolutely. It is an illusion. It's not real. And maybe the ultimate answer, the ultimate cure, love is what will give us courage to live our path and live the life that we hope for. Yes. Or when, more courage than not, you know? You don't have, no one I don't think really has like 100% courage. No. But if you have maybe you like try a, just little a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, try a little things at a time because what we're going towards and what what everything is coming to a head about is our awakening we're being asked to remember where we came from. We didn't come from this earthly plane. We came from someplace else. And it was filled with love. There's nothing... Even even the people who have written books about near-death experience is that um, the love that they experienced, they didn't want to go back. You mean like after they've died and after then they've went stopped to breathing, they, to. they they see a light or whatever they they see in their, as their personal uh, At that journey. moment of death before they come back to life. Exactly. Yes. I'm sorry. Thank thank you for clarifying that. They are absolutely seeing the unconditional purity 
of the universe is love. We don't see that here on earth, but with our evolution and what's happening here, we're getting an opportunity for that light to open up so we can see more of love within all of us and everything that's happening. So it's an awakening from a nightmare, actually, because when we're filled with fear, we go to sleep and we, we dream and it's fearful, it's nightmarish. When we flow towards love, we're awakening. We're, we are awakening you ourselves. Know, I think that's actually what started my path towards spirituality, too. I think my children being born and feeling yeah. that love, like you don't think you could love anymore, but then you have them and you realize how infinite love could be. Like I thought I was happy with one child and then you have another and you realize it's just such an infinite infinite amount of love. Yes. But when I was working in the hospital, when people were dying and some people were lucky enough to be surrounded by their loved ones, mm. after that person would pass, one thing that I would always wonder is if that person was lucky to be surrounded by love during his or her passing I would wonder in my head, where would that love go? And I think that's the thing about love. It's infinite energy. Just because that person dies doesn't mean that that love has disappeared. No. That love will always be there, no matter what form or it's just what is. It's E equals MC squared. It's it's what exists. Yes. You're absolutely right about that. And we that. can't see that, and nor can you ever, ever put a number to love. People say, oh, you've gotten five milligrams of medicine, but you can never put a number to love. You can't ever quantify it. You just accept what it is. It's it's pure unto itself and love just creates more love. So it manifests itself in the most natural way because it's all we've got and it's in everything. It's in the sparkle in somebody's eye it's in the shine of their hair. It's in the lick of when somebody, when your dog licks you or your kitty licks you. That's love. Love is everywhere. We're just tapping into it today. But we wanted to start with the simple concept of love. And I, I'm absolutely, I thank you so much, Michelle, for this opportunity. I've been wanting to do this for the longest time. And now you realized with your love and passion for this, you have realized my love for helping other people and putting this out there. So I, I am totally honored and I'm just thrilled that we had an opportunity to talk today. Thank you. It was such a fun conversation. And it was fun. And thank you for taking this step with me. Thank you so much, <laughs> Michelle. Thanks for listening to Lost or Found. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us lost or found podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube.